This morning, as we uh, already did it once, we're looking at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, for our memory verse and our, our passage for today. We've already looked at it once, but let's go ahead and, and as, we, as we do, let's, uh, let's repeat this and then we'll take a few of the words away. We'll repeat it again and take a few more of the words and hopefully it starts, it starts getting into our minds here. Uh, say this with me, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6, all of us like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on Him. All right, so we'll take away some of those words. Ready? Uh, excuse me. Let's start with the, uh, the reference. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. All right, you guys are doing good. You're doing good. Let's take a, one more last stab at it. We'll take away all the rest of the big words. Not a lot of big words in this verse, a lot of small words. So we're kind of helped in that. Let's say this one last time together. Isaiah 53, 6. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Good job. I know I sometimes uh, pause in places you would not. But uh, Last week we looked at Micah 6.8. He has told you, O oh man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And unfortunately, if, if, if only we did it, if only we kept to that. But unfortunately, as our, our sermon title says today, astray, and as our, our verse says, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We, uh, we have not done what God has called us to do. He has told us what to do. He has made it evident. We know in our hearts what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to want to do good. We're supposed to do the truth. We're supposed to do justice and to be kind. And yet we know we don't do these things. We go our own way. We go our astray. And notice in the very first part of verse 6 there, all of us like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. Uh, not only do these in English rhyme, which really helps me when I'm reciting this, you know, gone astray, turned to his own way. But the, what Isaiah is doing is he's equating our own way with being astray. It, it's not the idea that we have all gone our own way and we happen to be in the right place that we're supposed to be. No, if you go your own way, we have all gone our own way, and it happens to have been astray. It has been wayward. It has been uh, literally to sin, to miss the mark. We have, we're, we're supposed to go a certain way. 
We're supposed to end up in a certain place. We're supposed to be and to live. And remember this word way. We saw this back in Proverbs chapter 3. You know, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And we talk about how your ways are how you live. And each of us, we have gone our own way. We have decided on our own how we're going to live and the things we're going to do. And Isaiah says, when we did that, we were just like sheep. Just like sheep that are going to go their own way. They're going to go any way they want. They're not going to go the way the shepherd wants them to go. He has to work extra hard to lead them and to guide them and to get them to go where they're supposed to because they're going to go the wrong way. All of us, like sheep, have been foolish, have been stupid, and not to be too hard on sheep, and I've never taken care of sheep myself, but I had a mentor who grew up in the Brownwood area, and his dad had sheep. And he told me once about, and, and I think he was counseling me about something going on in the church, and, and, uh, and he was saying, you know, David, uh, Christians were called sheep. People were, were referred to like sheep in the Bible, and he told me this story about how one day his dad uh, found about four or five ewes in one of his tanks, you know, watering tank. And he was dragging them out. They had all drowned. And as he, he said as his dad was pulling them out, he was just shaking his head and muttering, stupid, stupid. Because he knew what had happened. One sheep had gone to get some water and she'd gone too deep. And her wool had gotten heavy from the water of that tank and had drawn her further in. And the other sheep, seeing her going in, decide to follow her in. And each one, in succession, got their wool too wet, it got heavy, and it dragged them under the water. And each one saw its friend do it and said, oh, I guess we're going over here today. And so he lost five for the mistake of one and the foolishness of four others, that they were so stupid, they couldn't recognize the danger, and they followed the first one in. And so he was just dragging them out. And I know stupid's a bad word in this day and age, but we're going back into the 50s when this happened. And he was just stupid, stupid animals. And that's us. We each, like sheep, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We, we might see somebody else who's doing something and we think, oh, I guess we're going to go do that. Not recognizing that they're already in danger. Not recognizing that they're all in the grip of death. And we follow them. And we go where we shouldn't go. And we need, we need constant supervision to help us stay in the right path. One of the, the things that, by saying our own way and equating that with astray, one of the things that, that Isaiah is doing and, and the inference, or I guess, you know, what he's inferring here is that there's a right way and we're not going that way. That, that our own ways, by default, are the wrong way. Because there is a way that is the right way and there is a way that we are straying from. If we have gone astray, that means we're straying from the right way. We probably all know which way the right way is, right? That, that there is a standard in life that God's way is the standard. Our ways are wrong. God has a standard. His way is the right way. And anything else is to go astray and 
to turn away to our own ways is to be astray. Our ways are wrong, whereas God's way is the standard. And that's what Isaiah is saying right here. The very beginning is is that there's there's a standard, there's a right, but we're doing it wrong. Each of us has turned to his own way. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. There is nobody who does right, not even one. There is no one who is good. We're all going the wrong. And this is, this is foundational to our lives. This is foundational to our faith. The, the, the Christian faith is, uh, in a sense, built on, and each one of us comes to faith in Christ, because first we recognize we're wrong. If a person doesn't think they're wrong, then they don't, they're not worried about anything else. If a person thinks that they're doing everything right and that they're doing things the right way, they're never going to come to a place where they feel like they need to repent. But each one of us, if you have become a follower in Jesus Christ, at some point you recognized, I'm living life wrong. I'm going the wrong way. And you've realized that there's a standard and it's God's standard and it is known in Jesus Christ. That is, that is the beginning of our journey to faith in Christ is a recognition, even if we don't have the words for it at the beginning, that there's something wrong with the way we're living. There's something wrong with the way we're going. And what's sad about uh, uh, the, the conversation in our culture today is we really don't talk about that on the big stage of life anymore. You know, and, and people are... It's, it's what's good for you is good for you. What's true for you is true. Uh, that's not my thing, but you do you is a common refrain. And that's not healthy. As much as it hurts us to be brought up short by the fact that we're going the wrong way and that we, our ways are wrong, we need to hear it. Not in a harsh way, not without love, but we need to hear it. That no, you're going the wrong direction. If you're left to your own devices, you're going to end up in a place you don't want to be. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. It's probably helpful for those who are going astray to recognize that those of us who are trying to share Jesus with him have gone astray in our lives as well. We're not coming from a place of perfection. We're coming from a place of being turned back. And we're trying to encourage the rest of the sheep that we're with Turn back with us. Follow us as we follow Christ. Notice the the second part of the verse there. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on Him. And before we get to Him and the falling of the iniquity, just let's acknowledge the fact our ways result in iniquity. Our ways have uh, iniquity wrapped up into them. And, and this iniquity is, is fault. It is sin. It is the punishment that we should receive for our actions. And in verse 7, we see what this, what this uh, iniquity looks like. We're told in verse 7, He was oppressed and He was afflicted, yet He did not open His mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, so He did not open His mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. So so our iniquity ends up with oppressed, afflicted, oppression, judgment. And the second part of verse 8, and as for his generation, 
who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due? The iniquity results in oppression, affliction, judgment, but also that he was cut off out of the land of the living. Death. And why was all this happening to him? For the transgression of God's people, of us. It was our transgression, our iniquity, our ways result in suffering and death. Oppression, affliction, oppression and judgment. This is the, the suffering that, that is due to us and that we experience in our lives. Our ways result in suffering and death. We, we, we experience suffering in our lives from our sin, but Jesus also suffered. And, and the final punishment for our sins and for our waywardness includes suffering, but it's even greater than that. It includes death. That eventually, if, if we don't turn back, just like those sheep going into that tank, if they don't stop, if they don't turn back, if they can't get out of there, if their shepherd doesn't show up in time to pull them out of there, well, they all drowned. They all died. They suffered first, but then they died. And for us, we're in that kind of a living, suffering, headed towards death, and spiritually already dead. We are dead in our transgressions and our sins. Jesus died on the cross for us. This is what uh, Isaiah is talking about here in verses 7 and 8. He experienced the death we deserve. Not for His ways, but for our ways. Our ways result in suffering and death. Not His ways. Now we might experience as we follow Him, we might suffer for Him. That suffering itself is because of the people around us. Jesus never suffered because of his righteousness. It wasn't, you know, punishment for being righteous. No, he suffered because he is a righteous person, came to an earth that was full of sin. And he suffered because of our sin. And he suffered because of our sins that were put upon him on the cross. And if there was any suffering because of his righteousness, it was only the fact that he was a righteous man living amongst so much sin. But the righteousness didn't cause the suffering. The sin causes the suffering. But what, is, what does Jesus do with that? Notice, I, I love this about verse 6. All of us like sheep have gone astray. All of us like sheep have gone astray. And then what happens in verse 7? Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, so he did not open his mouth. Like a sheep that is silent before its shears, so he did not open his mouth. He doesn't open his mouth like a lamb to the slaughter and like a sheep before his shears. Isn't it interesting that we are called sheep because we go all sorts of different crazy ways. We're sheep because we're dumb animals that are going to do the wrong thing. We're sheep because we go astray. He is a sheep, not because he goes astray, not because he goes the wrong way, but because he is silent in front of those that would slaughter him. He is silent as he is made a sacrifice. He is 
silent like a lamb. He is silent like a sheep. He accepts what's happening to him, in essence. You know, the sheep just gets in there and it's getting sheared and it thinks, you know, I'll just put up with this as it's happening and when it's done, I'll get away. It doesn't have the sense to fight. In the same way, you can take it, bind it up, put it on the altar, and it's just thinking to itself, once this is done, I'll be out of here. And it doesn't realize it's, it's not getting out of there. Now, Jesus knew what he was doing, but he, like a lamb and like a sheep, is silent. He does not open his mouth. He accepts what's happening. Whereas we are sheep because we're dumb and we go the wrong way, he is compared to a sheep in this other way, that he accepts what is happening, the punishment. And Jesus accepts the punishment due for our sin. But I love the fact that that he is described like a sheep, just like we are, just in a completely different way. He is in the good way, the admirable way. We go astray. We're the ones that result, our ways result in suffering and death. And Jesus accepts the punishment due for our sin. He accepts the suffering. He accepts the sin. He doesn't speak up about it. Not once in the... In the trials, not once when they were taking him to the cross did he ever scream out and say, I'm righteous and I don't deserve this. Never once did he say, you've got the wrong man, you're doing the wrong thing, it's you that are sinning, not me. Not once did he speak up. He also didn't tell a lie. He still told them, I am he. He still told Pilate, I am the way, the truth, and the life. My, my people are, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my, my people would fight for me. I am the truth. All the people that know the truth, they come after me. He spoke the truth, and yet, like a sheep, not open his mouth about what was happening to him. He, he accepted it. He accepted the punishment that was due to all of us. And, and that's what he's talking about there in that second part of verse 6, that the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Uh, that word to fall on, it has to, to, the idea of to meet, you know, to, to, to come together. And so God has caused the, the iniquity that is ours to be met in Christ, in Jesus there. And, and it's one of the things that we lose because of the, the, the way it's written for English, where we have all of us like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. The way Isaiah wrote it in the Hebrew is, it, the second part is, the Lord has caused to fall on him the iniquity of us all. And so you get a bookend in this verse of all of us, of us all. All of us have gone astray, and it's the iniquity of us all. Everybody who has gone astray has iniquity, and all of our going astray combined, the iniquity of us all, it all is heaped onto Him. It's met in Him, right in the middle of the passage. God has caused, the Lord, Yahweh, has caused the iniquity to fall on Him of us all. The Lord has caused to fall on him the iniquity that is ours. 
I firmly believe that what that means is that there is not a sin in this earth that Jesus has not met. That he is working. And, and, and there's kind of the idea that in creation, all of creation fell. And so in redemption, there needs to be full redemption. So not just humans, but the earth. That's why the earth will be uh, reformed with fire at the end. And there's a new heaven and a new earth. Now, you and I are new creatures in Christ. Doesn't mean that we were dissolved and a new thing was made in our place. But there is a struggle in this that not everybody receives Christ. He has died for them. He has, he has experienced the fullness of the iniquity of the, the world throughout time. And there are people today who don't accept it, who walk away. And Scripture tells us very clearly that we, if we don't believe in Jesus, if we don't turn to Him, if we don't repent, we die in our sins still. Some people think that that means that somehow Jesus has failed. That, that if He died for the sins, then that should be it. And so everybody whose sins He died for should be redeemed. I look at it more in the light of when we are all before the great white throne of judgment and the book of life and the book of what we have done in life are opened and all the deeds that we have done are read out against us and then we are, they look in the book of life for your name. If your name is not in the book of life, it's not just what you've done in life that stands up against you. It's the fact that Jesus Christ paid the price for you and you rejected him. How much worse is that than all the things we do to reject the one who has been saved, who has been sacrificed and died for us that we might be saved? So I don't think that if a person doesn't accept Jesus Christ, that his death on the cross then is a failure. It's just an indictment against them. He is the Savior, and He has come to redeem. It's the same thing as God has created everybody. Did God fail that He created somebody who would go on to be a sinner? Does God make bad things? He hasn't failed because He created us, and yet we were sinners. He hasn't failed just because even though He has died to redeem us, we refuse to be redeemed. His judgment will be good in the end. And this whole thing, we have, we have focused on our way and we have focused on Jesus and His way and, and going to the sacrifice like a lamb to, sla excuse me, to slaughter. But in the middle there, what do we have? We have gone our own way. We have turned our own way and like sheep we have gone astray. We have taken action. And our action has resulted in damage to ourselves and to the world. Jesus takes action. He goes to the cross. Now, that's not in verse 6. Jesus is passive in verse 6. Stuff only happens to Jesus in verse 6. But God is active. The Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. God is active. 
even as we are rebellious, even as we are going our own way, God is working to redeem us. God is the cause of our redemption. It doesn't just happen uh, accidentally. It doesn't just happen some guy named Jesus shows up. No, he causes it to happen. He has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. God has purposed and planned and made it happen that all of our iniquity would be met in Jesus. That He would be there. Jesus accepts the punishment. God has caused that punishment to come to Him. Isn't that a wonderful picture? That as we're we're going our own way, as we're going astray, there's God. Like a good shepherd causing the redemption to happen. Have you ever seen a shepherd working with a sheep? That's pretty much what you do with sheep. You cause them to go the right way. Whether whether with a dog or whether through a, a stick, a staff, there are ways that the shepherds have, but they have to cause them to go the right way. They have to intercede and uh, make it happen. And that is what God has done. He is, ca- he is the cause of our redemption. Not us on our own. We're not, we're not just wandering away like a sheep and somehow wandering the right path back. That's not what happens for us. No, He, he has to go look. He has to search us out. He has to find us. He has to bring us back. And He does that through Jesus Christ through His death on the cross, through His resurrection, through the power of His Holy Spirit convicting us of our sin. God the Father, Yahweh the Lord, He is the cause of our redemption. And that's that's what we're looking at in the coming weeks. We have established, God has told us what to do. We have established, each of us has turned to His own way. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. But God has caused our redemption. And that's what we're going to be looking at in the weeks to come. How God has gone about causing our redemption. But before we close in a word of prayer, as we think about these, this verse and these words, let's say this verse again together to close. Isaiah 53, 6. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's very easy sometimes to say things and not really mean them. Maybe we say all of us like sheep have gone astray, but we don't feel like we've gone astray. Maybe we feel in our hearts that our way is the right way. Or the good way. It's the only way we have because we don't have a better way in our lives. But Father, You have given us Your Son who gives us a better way. Who is able to redeem us and bring us to Your way. We thank You, Father, that You have caused our iniquity to fall upon Him. Not just ours, but everyone in the world, Lord. And that forgiveness is offered to all who would repent and believe. That's the crux, isn't it, Lord? Our need to to repent. 
Father, we pray that we would not go through life as those that are self-justified, but that we would recognize our need for repentance, to, to acknowledge our sin, to ask for your forgiveness, and to start walking in your ways instead of our ways. Lord, we pray for anyone here today, this morning, who uh, is going in their own way, who struggles to do what is right, who knows that the things that they do are wrong. Maybe they do a lot of right things, but it's, it's taken all their effort. Lord, we pray that they would recognize their need for Jesus, to believe in Him, to make that step and to make that decision, to follow Him. Lord, we pray that they would reach out and receive the forgiveness that you offer to us through Jesus Christ, that they would repent of their sins, that they would repent of the way they have gone and believe in Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, for us as believers that we would not grow impatient with those that we know that are walking the wrong way. Lord, we know they can't do their own, they can't walk in your ways without your help. So we pray that through your Holy Spirit you would convict them, that you would awaken them, Lord, to faith in Jesus Christ, that they would believe and follow him. We ask these things today in Jesus' name. Amen.